Welcome on in to the Smash Mouth Football Podcast. It is your host, Gavin, joined here by my fellow co-hosts, Chris, P. Smitty, and Connor. Um, how you boys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, no, I'm not. Giant stink. Life's pointless. Don't be a sports fan. Stop listening to the show. Everything sucks. <laughs> go read a book. Damn. Go read. Yeah, go read a book. How about them Cowboys though? Yeah, big, big win, big win. The uh, the fucking Cowboys can win with Cooper Rush, and the Giants can. They can't win when uh, when uh, Patrick Mahomes pretty much looks like Cooper Rush. So that's that's fantastic. That's, that's an insult to Cooper Rush. Ouch. If anything, it's a compliment. Patrick, he's comparing Patrick Mahomes and Cooper Rush in the same sentence. Like, okay, well, Cooper Rush has never lost a game, so you know, different, <laughs> different levels. Damn. Uh, all right. Um, let's just let's start off by talking about the breaking news. Uh, not like super breaking, but breaking as of yesterday, uh, for us at recording time. Uh. Nine-time Pro Bowler, uh, 10-year vet for the Broncos, Von Miller is being traded to the Rams for two day two draft picks in 2022. Um, the Rams are down to negative four draft picks um, over the next three years. It seems <laughs> someone tweeted and said, uh, I feel like the Rams actually don't have any draft picks. Sean McVay is just saying they do and hoping nobody checks. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, what do you guys feel like this does for this defense? Um, does this does this move your, you know, your opinion on their like their playoff run chances or anything like that? Like, what is, what does this move uh, mean to you guys? One, as far as the Broncos go, and then two, like as far as the Rams and uh, this year's outlook. I guess I'll I guess I'll chime in. Uh, so. I mean, it just adds another piece to that defense where, like, you know, like, they already have Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's already the best player in all football. They have Leonard Floyd, who he has six and a half sacks, but, you know, you look at the advanced metrics and it's just like, all right, he's getting a lot of one-on-ones because Aaron Donald's eating double and triple teams. And now you're only adding another piece like Von Miller, who, like, how are you going to block all three of those guys? And then on the back end, you already have Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you've got uh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Thirty-one. Fuck. What's his What's his name? You talking Hill? No, 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 no. Uh, fuck. Why am I forgetting his name? Uh, anyway, move on. I'll move on from his name. But their secondary is already like they've already got a really good secondary, and you're adding a third very formidable pass rusher on the team. Like that's. Pretty insane. Your your offense is already arguably the best in all football, and we'll we'll talk about Matthew Stafford in a second. And now you're just adding another piece to where if your offense isn't firing on all cylinders as it usually does, you at least give them uh, that room for error, that margin of error, to where they can have a drive where they punt, or maybe Sean McVay doesn't want to go for it, or he does go for it, and they don't get it, and the defense can get another stop. Like that's, Are you talking about Darius Williams, by the way? Darius Williams, yes. Thank okay. you. All right, just wanted to... Thank you, yeah. Darius yeah. Williams, very talented, number two corner, had an awesome year this past year, and he's continuing this year. They... I don't know why. I just, the names just fucking escape me nowadays. Well, Darius Williams, stuff. that's an understandable one. But I, I feel like the Rams have, like, part of the, the blue chip thing they they have going on which is like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey like those guys are so good at their respective positions that I feel like there's this cascade effect down where like when you have a guy like Jalen Ramsey a guy like Darius Williams or Troy Hill or whoever you have at two and three gains such a benefit um from that like schematically like you can just basically shut down half the field or shut down the number one receiver and that just makes the other guys play that much better and then same with Aaron Donald feeding um Leonard Floyd sacks or whoever it was, Dante Fowler, like they got him a 12 sack season because Aaron Donald is just so crazy. So um, what do you, what do you guys think as far as like, um, you know, the Broncos, like what, 
you know, I mean, I guess it's pretty understandable that, you know, Von Miller's a little older, but like, you know, uh, what do you think? Do you Does think this say anything about their, um, their strategy going into, um, you know, the end of this season, the end of the next season? It definitely feels like they're kind of selling at this point. And didn't they also like pay the entire, almost the entirety of his contract in this deal? Yeah, like nine like million 90, of the nine point yeah. seven or something. So an overwhelming portion of his contract. So they basically paid to give him away for a couple of, I mean, decent draft picks. But I guess the Broncos kind of see the writing on the wall. They see the fact that you know, can they compete with the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Chiefs? Probably not. You know, can Teddy Bridgewater compete with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr? I think they kind of see the writing on the wall. And even though they're four and four on the season, I think they're probably playing for the future hoping to accumulate giraffe capital to maybe move up and get their quarterback of the future, you know, maybe in the next couple of years, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but, you know, definitely not a great sign for Broncos fans. If you were hoping for something big this year. I mean, how can you go into the season with Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke hoping for something big though? Like, they were three and LP Schmidt. They were against the Jaguars, Giants and Jets. Coming from a, a Panthers fan over here who can say the exact same thing, I don't hey, think he expected his team to make the Super Bowl this year. We lost to the Giants, so it's not quite the same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but want still, to talk about it. I don't either. It's all right. We don't have to. <laughs> Good for the Broncos for having some understanding at the very least of their situation and, and getting some value out of it. And that, that's all I'll say. Yeah. yeah I feel like anytime you can shed an aging veteran, not that Von Miller's like decrepit, but like just a guy that's in his thirties drafted 10 years ago for some day two draft picks. Like, I feel like that's I mean, the thing is too, like, okay, he's not like, yeah, he's a locker room leader. He's a former Super Bowl champion. You know, like, like he said, they'll always have Super Bowl 50, uh, not to bring back bad memories for Gavin, but uh, you're talking about, <laughs> you know, it's, but it's one of those things like he's a free agent after this year. And if you're not going to win a Super Bowl this year, and if you're not going to re-sign him, which why would you? Cause you're probably going to have to enter some sort of rebuilding process. You might as well recoup some draft picks from. So good on them for realizing that, Hey, like we should probably get something for this guy. Uh, I think the real problem that I have with the Broncos, the only problem I really have is that they didn't do the same for other pieces. Like Cortland Sutton, he's a free agent after this year. Do they plan on re-signing him? Are they going to franchise tag him? I don't know. I mean, I would hope that they have a plan for him. Uh, so I'm not really too worried about that. But like Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon's going to be a free agent. Why aren't you trading away Melvin Gordon to like the Titans or something when with Derrick Henry? Chris going? has Melvin Gordon on his fantasy team, by the way. So definitely not that, an impartial observer. No, but that no, but I mean that has nothing to do. I mean, you know, not to brag, but you know, Melvin Gordon's RB15 in a year. But uh, you know, it it, it but. This isn't even like a fantasy type of thing. Like this is literally just like if you have Melvin Gordon on your team, you already you drafted and traded up for a running back in Javante Williams. Melvin Gordon is clearly not your future. Why don't you get something for him? You're not going to resign. And if you do, why? He's closer to 30 than he is 20. There's no reason for him to be on your team. Fucking sell him. That's that's my only real real Objection. Can I posit a theory, though? I think and I don't understand the Melvin Gordon thing. They probably should have tried to get. It's the same with their corners, by the way, like Kendall Fuller could have gotten them a shit ton. And they decided not yeah. to Fuller. But so, yeah, and maybe they were shopping them around. They didn't find like a good deal. But um, obviously, we don't know like the inner workings, but they probably should have been more aggressive with that. But I think the reason they didn't want to give away Cortland Sutton is because if they franchise tag him next year, and they are going for Aaron Rodgers. Cortland Sutton's a really good selling point for Aaron Rodgers to come to the Denver Broncos. No, Jerry I understood Sutton why. And Jerry Judy. Why. Yeah. yeah. With, I understood why with Sutton. Sorry, I said Kendall Fuller. I meant Kyle Fuller. Sorry, mixing two corners up. K's. But yeah, no, I understood why they didn't trade Sutton. But that's only if they have a plan for him. If they don't have a plan for Sutton, then they probably should have traded for him, traded him. But, you know, I digress. So, I think, uh, but we both, I don't think we any, like, this doesn't, like, move their win total any at all much. I mean, maybe a little bit. I think it's more just, like, like we were saying earlier, the cascading effect of, um, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the Broncos, by the way. I'm talking about the Rams. Sorry. Um, like, 
I almost you're you're, you're getting a 31 year old or whatever he is um, defensive end for nine games and giving up two draft picks. I mean, like they, they have to almost they have to win a Super Bowl either like this year or next year, right? Or else they've just like I mean, do we think they're screwed going past this this year or so? Like, or you know, what what does this mean for the Rams once like all of this kind of comes to a head? I, I feel like we whole... say it a lot, though. I feel like every year we're kind of saying that to some degree yeah. that yeah. they're pushing themselves too close, like they're about to fall apart, and then they don't. Yeah, the thing is, too, like, let me, let me look up his age real quick, so that way, like, maybe Stafford's only 33. But, like, you know, like that's, like, obviously, like, older, but we, we see quarterbacks play pretty long nowadays, and, like, as long as, like, he's his arm isn't going anywhere, like, they're fine like it, we're seeing him work in Sean McVay's system uh Aaron Donald's locked up Jalen Ramsey's locked up Cooper Cup's locked up like they have all their essential pieces pretty much locked up yeah they don't have any draft picks but you know you know it would definitely hurt to get another year like without winning a Super Bowl because obviously everybody's another year older and another year closer to out of their prime but I don't think they're screwed if they don't win this year or next year I think they're just you know the window's closing but it's not there yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, we talked about the Broncos, you know, probably should have traded Melvin Gordon to maybe the Titans. Um, so let's talk about why that is. Uh, why, why would we be talking about shipping a running back off to um, Tennessee? Uh, I think maybe um, a pretty huge name. You may have heard of him. Derek Henry uh, broke a bone in his foot and will require surgery, most likely ending his season. Um, may come back, like, for the last week or so. Uh, the timeline is six to ten weeks, but that's for, like, a normal human being uh, built like a human, uh, not Derrick Henry. Uh, so, I don't know. That's probably, I think, like, Chris, you mentioned, like, it's probably going to be um, closer to the ten weeks, just because I, I, I know, like, they might want to rush back and, you know, push for a playoff spot and they think Derrick Henry will, you know, get him there. But I just really hope they don't bring him back. And then like he ruins his foot, you know, by coming back too early. Yeah. Cause this is, this is a stress fracture in, uh, trying to think of what bone it was. Uh, I have no idea. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, but I'm not, I'm not ever going to make a comment about bones in the human body ever again, or else Adam's going to fucking roast me. So, <laughs> but you know, it's a stress fact fracture. And, you know, I, I was, I was listening to, uh, at pro football doc on, uh, one of his Twitter, uh, on his video uh, videos on uh, YouTube. And essentially a lot of what this stress fracture on this specific bone is, uh, I don't know what the bone is. A lot of it is because of a lot of wear and tear and a lot of usage on his foot. And given that, 200 fucking 40 pound back and they're giving him the ball 30 times a game to get hit and have to cut on that foot after a while like it's 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 shit like this happens you know this is why the running back whole running backs don't matter thing this is part of the equation where you know running backs like Alvin Kamara where the Saints try and save him and make sure that he has some uh, longevity by only giving him the ball like 15 times a game. Titans have said, no, fuck that. This is our best chance to win. We're going to give him the ball 30 times a game. And this is, you know, not to say this is their fault, but it definitely is not, not their fault. You know, this is a game where he came out injured with his foot and he came back in and finished with 28 touches with 28 carries. Why are you giving him the fucking ball if he's hurt? I don't get it. Also, in terms of getting him back on the earlier end of that, I don't – I mean, I can't speak for how the rest of the Titans' seasons will go, but they're in a particularly good spot right now in their division. It's not looking like after beating the Colts last week, they kind of have a, a step ahead. And unless they kind of start to fall apart, I don't really see them losing that division. So I don't see – point in rushing him back at the end of the season. I don't I don't see that necessarily being a, a huge deal for them. I mean we'll see how the, the Colts play the rest of the way. I mean it's Carson one, so anything can happen, I guess. But I think the Titans kinda after somehow fluky winning that game, very odd ending last weekend, I kind of think that solidifies most of the that division for them. 
Especially because they, according to PFF strength of schedule, the Titans have the 31st hardest schedule. Like, they have the second easiest schedule to rest away. So, like, they, they're already 6-2 and two atop the AFC. They, can they play the Texans two more times. They haven't played the Texans yet. They still get two freebies there. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they don't need to rush him. Uh, just bring him back for the playoffs if they even need to bring him back. Uh, per se, because you know you don't want to rush it. You don't want to rush a 240-pound linebacker playing running back back to play and hurt his foot. Because there is risk there, where because it's a stress fracture in his, uh, I think his right foot, there is a higher chance of having the same injury on his left foot because he's going to be, uh, he's going to be overcompensating on his other foot. That's what happened with that yeah. Prescott. Yeah, it's also happened when. Kevin Durant came back uh, early that one time after like a knee injury and then he was overcompensating and tore his Achilles, you know, stuff like that happens. Yeah. You come back, not as strong on one body part. So you, you know, lean too much into another part and it just your body's not supposed to work like that. So, <clears throat> um, peace, man, did you, did you have, do you, you know, have any thoughts on it? I mean, I said this to you guys a couple of days ago. Maybe it was yesterday. Um, I, if if the Titans play it right, like I think it, it could work to their advantage, because we've seen this year that they do still. This year, even more than last year, I'd say they lean too heavily on Derrick Henry, and in the games that they're winning, it ends up looking great. And you know, I love when commentators are like Derrick Henry in the fourth quarter. Man, he's just something different. Blah blah blah. Like, that's such a skewed stat, and it's so much because they're winning in the fourth quarter, and they just hand it off to another 10 times, and all of a sudden his yards per carry just jumps up because the game's over. Whatever. That, that I just wanted to get that out because that bothers the shit out of me. They say that every single time Derrick Henry plays, and they're like, fourth quarter Derrick Henry, something else, man, blah, blah, blah. Drives me nuts. But, I mean, we'll see how much they lean on on the run here. I mean, it's Adrian Peterson. He's 36 years old. And, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak anything on Jeremy McNichols and how much of an impact he'll have on this game. Like, we'll see what he's got. But I th- I just think it's, it could benefit them to not – I'm not expecting them to just go a pass-heavy offense, but to a more well-balanced offense at the very least. Yeah, what do you guys make of the – how do you think they're going to split carries between Peterson and McNichols moving forward? I think it's 75% Peterson. 25 McNichols because I mean not to say that like that means it's like a huge workload for Peterson I just think I don't see why they would give McNichols is a pass catching back he's not really much of a runner so you know I I would I would say like AP gets like 12 to 15 carries a game and then McNichols like splits in like five but honestly I think that would be perfect for them given running back 20 carries a game like versus giving solely Derrick Henry 30 carries a game. I, no, I just I, think no, going from 30 to 20, while it might not seem that big a difference, it will have an impact on the game itself. Um, so, but we kind of talked about this too in the, in the group chat. Like, do we think that the Titans necessarily have the backup plan, the plan B, the scheme to pivot to? In order to, you know, have these have this pretty large percentage of your of your plays that are normally runs and now you're making passes like do we do we think that Vrabel has it in his in his playbook to to pivot into a more pass heavy scheme or like is, is it just going to be, you know, I mean, how, how do we think this is going to go? Uh, just 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 uh, just a quick stat real quick. So Tarek Henry is 82 more carries than the next highest runner but he has 219 carries for eight games and who's, then, who's number two is it zeke it's joe mixon joe mixon has 137 carries but that's fucking insane yeah to have 219 carries halfway through the season like this is a 17 game season what were they, what were they gonna do <laughs> like like 219 like he's in a 16 game sample is 16 game season you would have been on pace for 438 carries in a 16-game season, and then add another 25 carries on top of that. That's four, like 460 carries in a season. That's fucking <laughs> insane. 
but I'm sorry. What was the question? I was just mar- I was just <laughs> marving over that. That was just an insane. Just thinking about that just threw me off. We were talking about the Titans scheme. Like, do they oh, have right? Right. Uh, I I mean, I think they have it in them. Is it just like they like we saw it during this game? I mean, Tannehill. You know, they kind of. I mean, they still did give Derrick Henry 28 carries, but it, it was inefficient. He only had like 68 yards. Uh, and so they had to kind of depend on Tannehill a little bit more. So they definitely have it in them. Whether or not they let that out is another question. But I, I will say A.J. Brown, he's back to looking like A.J. Brown. Uh, 10 catches in this game, 150 plus yards. Uh, like Peachman, he's been alluding to, this could be a blessing in disguise for them in a way because maybe they do start to trust their passing game a lot and featuring their number one player on the team, A.J. Brown. And that might be a hot take to some, but featuring him and ma- making that passing attack more efficient might be good for the team and for Derrick Henry when he comes back. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so we're going to stay in the AFC here. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit. Okay, this is. I feel like this is a pretty big AFC episode, but we'll get to the NFC in a little bit. But um, So the Jets had to change a quarterback here. And, you know, Zach Wilson was playing before. Um, and he's a rookie, you know, never thrown a, never thrown a career pass in the NFL before this season. Uh, so it's kind of understandable, right. For him to struggle, um, in the scheme, uh, the jets aren't really in a great spot. You know, people were kind of giving him a pass. He threw a few interceptions, but like, just, just give him a minute. Right. Uh, well then Zach Wilson gets hurt. He goes down. They bring in this guy named Mike White who, if you're like me, you're like, who the fuck is Mike White? You know, who, like, has he ever started a game before? Has he ever played? Has he ever done anything? And then you look up his name, and you find out that he's never thrown a pass in the NFL before. Um, yet he comes in, everyone expecting him to lay an egg for the most part. Um, he throws a touchdown in the beginning. Then he struggles a little bit, throws two interceptions on two consecutive drives but then ends up throwing over 400 yards and three touchdowns for the Jets and beating the Bengals, who we were just talking about as one of the better upcoming teams in the AFC, like making a push in the in the, in the playoffs because their offense is so good. Can I say um, fuck the Bengals for that, by the way? Because, like, you know, we, we I've been saying, like, they've been playing above their heads for a while now, and, like, they beat the Ravens and convincingly do it too. And I finally am like, all right, this game's a lot better than I thought. Blah, blah, blah. And then they fucking lose to the fucking Jets. Are you joking? <laughs> to anyway. be sure, the Titans also lost to the Jets. To the Zach yeah, but Wilson they did it, Jets too. But yes. the thing is, they did it in the beginning of the season where like, you know, they got destroyed by the Cardinals, which isn't as big of a deal because obviously the Cardinals are good. And then their second, their first one of the season, who'd they beat? Was it the, I think it was the Steelers, wasn't it? Uh, who? The Titans? The no, the Steelers. Who'd they if beat? you're talking about the Bengals, yeah. The Titans have not played the Steelers yet, though. No, who am I thinking of? who they beat week two? Was it the, oh, it was the uh, Seahawks, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, and then they lost to fucking, oh my God. So, anyway, either way, like the Titans, they, They've been up and down a little bit, whereas the fucking uh, the Bengals have mostly been up. Like they arguably should have been seven and one going into this week if it wasn't for like a bunch of missed field goals in that crazy Green Bay game. And then they go and play the fucking Jets. And uh, I don't even want to talk about the Jets. It's fine. This isn't about the Bengals. This is about the Jets. So continue. Con. Yeah, so I, I guess I also have a little bit of a fun stats, not a stat, but just a fun fact for Chris. So I think this is kind of funny. So Mike White was was on the Dallas Cowboys. He was there when Jason Garrett was a head coach. Cooper Rush was a quarterback. I mean, he was a backup quarterback in 2017. He came back to the Cowboys. He was on the practice squad. He won the game uh, against the Vikings. We're not. Gonna, I'm. We're probably not going to get to that today. But you know, Cooper Rush is amazing, and. 
The worst, the only quarterback that Jason Garrett has ever coached who lost on Sunday or lost this week was Daniel Jones when Mike White and Hoover Rush both cop dubs. That was a very long way to say, fuck you, Chris, and fuck the Giants. <laughs> Ouch. Seems like yeah. a seems like a tangent to go on just to throw yeah, a shot was, at Chris. It was a side swipe. It was definitely unnecessary. But I thought, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody here actually thinks Mike White is going to be good moving forward. That was a very fluky game. I think he has four touchdowns, four interceptions, and in is what six quarters of play in the NFL. He's Can I just say, Mike backer. White, first two picks in the game were both tipped passes. Neither yeah. of them was his fault. He should have a perfect fucking game. So take away the two picks and then talk about his stats. Yeah, he did have two interceptions last week against the Patriots when they got blown out. But well, that's yeah. fine. He got thrown into a shit situation. Okay, here's I mean, here's what I'll say to Mike White. I mean, he deserves a lot of credit. Uh, but you know, 405 yards, nine yards per attempt, three touchdowns, two interceptions this week, 47 to 55 for uh, 82.2 completion percentage. But with that said, his average depth of target was 4.2 yards downfield. How many catches did Michael Carter have this weekend? Uh, yeah, like Michael Carter and Ty Johnson teams. both caught a shit ton of catches. And for whatever reason, the Bengals didn't adjust and say, hey, let's play a little closer to the line of scrimmage and tighter on these running backs. They literally just let them dominate the entire game. That's what just I was going to say. Like, like 69% of Mike White's yards came after the catch. Like, yeah, like the, the receivers and running backs, like the whole pass catching group of the Jets averaged 7.2 yards after the catch this week. Like, that's not going to – like, that's just bad coaching on Zach Taylor and the Bengal uh, defensive scheme. Like, they, they didn't adjust whatsoever, like Peachman was saying. Like, this, I think my – what my main takeaway about this wasn't necessarily that Mike White was, like, good. I mean, he played well. It's the fact that he got the ball out on average in 2.31 seconds. I'm, uh, yeah. 2.31 seconds this week on average. Zach Wilson averaged getting the ball out in 3.1 seconds. That, that was his average time at Thoreau. How is it that Mike White, with as little experience as he's had as being the undrafted quarterback that he is, how is it that he was so comfortable playing in a rhythm within the scheme and Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick, he just can't get into a rhythm like this is the same team bad offensive line third string left tackle playing Corey davis is out and mike white is playing really well within the scheme and zach wilson hasn't showed any of that kind of concerning about kind of concerned about zach wilson i don't know about you guys that was my biggest takeaway but does anyone here actually think mike white is the future like does anyone think that mike white's going to be their starting quarterback moving forward no no that wasn't my point my point was so this entire year we're we've been kind of like in the back of our heads going oh you know zach wilson's played horribly but you know who would play well in that situation mike white stepped in and he actually played within the scheme like like everybody's been saying oh it's not a good scheme mike white comes in and it looks pretty fucking good not to say that like that's you know, obviously there's a lot of variance in the NFL is weird like that. But, you know, there's at least some room for success that Mike White was able to see. But nobody thinks Mike White is the future. That's not that wasn't the argument. Just, you know, well, maybe I'm, not the future, just like moving forward, because obviously, like, they're both unproven. Do you guys think there's any chance that there becomes like a quarterback controversy? It'd be stupid. You, you burned a super high pick on Wilson, put him out there and, and make him learn to play. Mike White, if he really is something next year, sure, play him. But there's there's no point in starting Mike White over Wilson if Wilson is fully healthy. I mean, I, yeah. you know, if I guess it just really depends. Like, if they actually see something in Mike White that we're not seeing, then, like, you know, I don't know. Like, maybe, I like, mean, but also, what could, like, your point 70% of his, of the yards that he got were after the catch. What did he show on yeah. Sunday? Yeah, that's can play in a scheme like that is it at best. Yeah. But on the other side, Zach Wilson came and do that. Apparently, I, I wonder how much of a factor it was that the Bengals defense was so bad that like it just made it that much easier on Mike White. Because like I'm not saying Wilson's played the hardest teams, the hardest defenses so far, but like how do we know how he would play against a shitty Bengals defense that did not adjust to literally the only play that was beating him the entire game? 
I don't know. The Bengals defense has been playing really well, and like Jets. But, he, but I'm saying they didn't this game. They did not play well this game. I know this game they didn't. I know it's just. I don't know. I'm just really concerned about Zach Wilson. Like I'm really, really concerned. And maybe that's an overreaction. I just don't see like. I don't know, Gavin. What do you think? Because like it's just kind of it's just kind of crazy to me that like there's fucking nobody. Mike White just steps into this situation that's an objectively like shitty shitty situation and he just he looks like 10 times the quarterback that zach wilson's been yeah i mean continue i just think it's just it's another like red flag for wilson and a bunch of in a season with a bunch of red flags moving his way yeah no I, i there's a reason why i i set the comparison in the beginning that zach wilson had never thrown an nfl pass so like you know how could you expect him to do well? Well, okay, Mike White steps in. Now he's not a rookie, but he's never thrown an NFL pass before. Maybe the extra year or two that he's been in the league, like that's helped him, but I doubt it. I think it's just dude has like, you know, he came in there and he made what they had work. You know, now it wasn't the most efficient and it wasn't the most well, it was pretty damn efficient, but it wasn't like because he was making shit happen. Like you said, he was just checking it down. And um, let's just say that the over on um, Michael Carter's three receptions was a great bet <laughs> to make. Um, that was so that was a big part of it. But yeah, like I think the main the main point here is that Zach Wilson hasn't made the offense look like that before. Like just well oiled, you know, getting the job done. Um, I I don't know. I mean, obviously it's too it's too early to to say for Zach Wilson, but it's definitely not great to see that um but maybe zach wilson's just like there's also a pretty big possibility that he's just not that player like he's just not a get in rhythm and make the system work kind of player which is not a good thing it, it could be like he's just what he was at byu which is just like trying to be this hero ball texas tech mahomes but without the ability to play in a you know in structure yeah. i was gonna say like patrick mahomes right now is like pretty miserably failing to play within a system right now and yeah. you know so much better than zach wilson like zach no, wilson's level of failure but, but like but zach like even wilson's though zach like Mahomes is failing he's still doing much better than zach wilson yeah he's failing to play within structure but you know obviously it's mahomes and him failing within structure doesn't really matter because he's so good at making these off-platform throws and he they're still going to score points you know He's obviously like still a top five quarterback in the league, arguably the best quarterback in the league still. It's just he's going through a rut. Uh, so not to compare the two, but I'm just saying like it's hard when you're a quarterback that's so used to playing out of structure to suddenly have to play within structure because like that's kind of just what you have to do. It's tough. So like I can see why Zach Wilson's struggling. I can see why Patrick Mahomes is struggling. And it just it's it's a pretty hard to ask to make of a like college quarterback to go from being so great playing off platform to suddenly having to play within structure in the NFL. The so only thing I don't understand is why did Zach Wilson have to play out of structure at BYU? They played they played miserable competition and his offensive line was great. So that's that's the thing. Like he didn't it wasn't even necessarily that he played out of structure per se. He definitely did a lot, but he also like played within structure where the structure was him waiting behind the offensive line for five seconds and then throwing the ball. And in the NFL, you just can't do that. Especially when you have the Jets offensive line without Mekhi Becton. Yeah, exactly. Did you guys see um, the Mike White bet that someone placed, though, Dude, last weekend? Did you guys see that? That was ridiculous. Well, yeah. no, Why does that even it? come so, to someone's So for mind. those that don't know, he put $1,000 down that Mike White would be the leading passer, like yardage passer this week. Um, and a hundred and won like a hundred and sixty thousand dollars off that bet or something like that. Like, I don't know what kind of madman you have to be to put a thousand dollars. I get putting like a dollar on it. Wait, that's like, not even like that's not even smart betting. No, like, like that's the thing. Like that, like that you have to like one, you better have money to making that bet or that's really the only argument I have. Like, just like, oh, fucking throwaway money. Yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet on Mike White. What? <laughs> not only, not, not even like the overage on his yards. Just like that, he would be the leading passer. That's crazy. It's insane. Um, I think this is a perfect segue into 
our next topic, which is what the fuck is the AFC? Like, like legitimately, what is it? Because it seems like every team, every good team in the AFC either hasn't played a lot of good competition or has lost badly or to some like bad team that they should not have lost to, whether it's the Titans or the bills or especially the chiefs or the Ravens, like the Ravens have gotten blown out by the Bengals and lost to the Raiders. The chiefs are obviously not doing well. I mean, they've lost, they lost to the Titans. Um, they like kept it pretty close last night with the Giants. Like they, they should have lost to the Giants. They should have lost like, to the Giants. Like they like, they were yeah. asking the Giants to win the game, and Joe Judge and Offense like, nah. <laughs> yeah. They had a lot um, of penalties. That was that was tough. So then the Bengals like just whooped up on the on the Ravens and then just lost to the Jets. The Titans have lost to the Jets. You know, like it's the Bills lost to the Titans, right? And yeah. so and they lost to the Steelers. Yeah, Steelers and they lost to the Steelers week team, one. Though. Um, so, and then the Steelers are whatever they are. And the Browns Say are... Say what you will about the Steelers. They're, they're just a very gritty team that can win any kind of game like that. I'm not saying that they're going to go far. I'm just saying they can win. Anything. Yeah, yeah, seen... sure. They do have a great defense. Um, And then, like, you know, the Browns were supposed to be pretty good, too, and they're not playing great. Like... And honestly, the Bills—they struggled for most of the first half against the one in seven Dolphins, or yeah. one in six. Did they have a bye? I can't remember. I don't know. Or like the one win. win Dolphins. Yeah, against the Patriots. Um, so every AFC team is kind of fucked up right now. Um, so what? What does this mean? What do you take away from all these weird wins? Like, is there one team that doesn't like fall into one of these categories that you think like stands out over top? Or like, is there one of these teams that we really shouldn't worry about the red flags? Like they're not actually that big of red flags. Like, I don't know. How do you, how do you see the AFC shaking out here? I kind of think it it's the bills is the team that I would say I'm not worried about. Yeah. Um, sure. They've had a tough loss to the Steelers in week one. Josh Allen didn't have a good game and a, incredibly close game against the Titans that like literally came down to inches and a, a play call. But I mean, and, and like you just said, Chris, yeah, they struggled against the dolphins. I'm always going to, I'm always on the side of division games. They can be weird. You can't put too much stock into things like that. Other than those few things, which obviously there, there are several games in there. I don't, I don't see a whole lot of issues with the bills offense or defensively. I mean, like Josh Allen still looks really good. They still have a really good offense. The offense play calling is still really good. And the defense has been above average, been great, if you can you can say that. Um, I don't know. I, I just, at this point, they were definitely Super Bowl, one of the Super Bowl favorites coming into this year. For me, I think they're definitely the, the top AFC team for me at the moment. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. They just have like the least amount of holes i mean like the titans like we don't even know what the titans are going to look like post derrick henry we like we said like maybe this is a blessing the skies for them where they're like going to have to like improve upon like their offensive play calling in terms of like their pass happiness and uh their uh pass concepts but you know other than that like we like you know the titans we don't know put them in a we don't know without derrick henry uh the ravens the ravens i mean they've They've lost the number one key of their offense the past few years in their running game. Like, the running game is only Lamar Jackson. And I don't know about you guys. Like, you know, despite Lamar Jackson being, like, playing absolutely incredible right now in terms of a passer, I'm not sure, like, with that offensive scheme, at least passing the ball-wise, if I'm really confident in Lamar Jackson and that passing attack to be able to withstand, like, a like three-game run in the playoffs. Uh you know, I feel like asking for three straight, like, incredible games from Lamar in terms of, a pa- like, as a passer, that's kind of a tough ask. Um, and, you know, the Bengals, we obviously just saw, like, they, I've been arguing they've been playing over their head the entire time, so whatever. But honestly, it just feels like this conference is almost, like, waiting and, like, begging for the Chiefs to just get back on track. Like, that's what it feels like to me. Like, if I had to pick a team right now, it's the Bills, but... It's just, I don't know. They're just really, really asking for the Chiefs to get back to what they were. Because nobody's pulling away. 
I mean, I would I would agree. I think the Bills are definitely the front runners right now. And I think that the Chiefs, they're kind of the sleeping giants of the division. I think you could definitely see them making a run. Maybe they get some confidence from that close win over the Giants and they start to look more like oh. the Chiefs again. But, you know, and I mean, the Cleveland Browns, too, sitting at four and four. They have a very talented roster. They're very banged up. We need to get off. We once we need to get off this. We need to get off the Browns. Like yeah. you don't think they're good? No. Like what? Like I don't. Like what? Like what? How are they good? Like I'm tired of like pretending like because they were like the off season darlings that they're good. They're not good. Like you know we can we're we quote that the off season darlings. Darlings. <laughs> they have they, suffered a lot of injuries. They've been very banged up. They've been one of the yeah. more banged up teams in the league. And yeah, this past of week. Jarvis Landry what was banged up. He clearly was not right. I mean, I think he had one of his first fumbles ever. He's playing. He's a long-term veteran. He's playing, but he's he's not anywhere close to 100%. Baker Mayfield is, what, a week removed from an injury? But before yeah, his injury, he wasn't good either. He was better than – Well, it, I mean, it, it, was, the it, was like two, it, it was two games before he got hurt. It was like two and a half games. So, like, he wasn't bad. I mean, he, was, he was fine. He was playing like a top half of the league quarterback, and then he got hurt. So, like, yeah, like, I get it. They have a lot of, a lot of injuries, but also – we were touting them up as like one of the most complete rosters in the NFL. And, you know, with that comes a lot of depth and a lot of the depth that they've had hasn't worked. Like they, of course, like they, one team can only take so many injuries, but you know, Odell's getting open. Baker's missing him. Jarvis is playing. Like he's not limited right now. He's playing. He is limited. It, he is playing though, but he is limited. It, you know, you it, can tell it, he's not right. Yeah, sure. But you know, and this, this defense is just on and off. Like they're just right now. They're not very good. Like they're not like, they're not playing well whatsoever. Their offense is inconsistent. Their defense is inconsistent. Like that's not, that's not a good team. They're an okay team that can win like a few games against a few, like bad, uh, a few bad teams. And they're just, you know, they, they scored 10 points. Uh, what was, what was the final against, the t- 15 to 10 Steelers won that one. Yeah, that's that's what I thought it was. Yeah, it, 15 to 10. Like Ben, ben Roethlisberger scored 15 points and they couldn't beat that. Yes. If I can stick up for the Browns a little bit, though, I mean, I think this past week was the first time that Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, and Odell Beckham Jr. all took a snap together. That is ridiculous. They have been plagued with injuries. It, obviously, Mayfield's not 100. Mayfield's not 100%. Jarvis Landry's not 100%. They but don't that's have not going to change, though. That's Jack Conklin got injured in this game, too. I mean, they're a banged-up team. And but I agree with you. Is, I, I am worried about their defense. I think I, I, I don't want to judge their offense too early because they've been so banged up offensively. I don't think it's fair to, to judge them too harshly based on you know so far this season. And plus, they're like a couple plays away. They should have beaten the Chargers. That was a bad call at the end of the game. They easily could have beaten the Chiefs week one. They gave up like a, a terrible come from behind victory to the Chiefs. So they easily could be six and two right now. I think this is a different conversation. But but my question is, okay, so the Chiefs won, fine, whatever. But like the Chargers won, whatever. But the thing is, what's changing between now and the end of the season? Baker's not resting his shoulder. He has a torn labrum and he's like, he's not playing well with it. So what's changing between now and the end of the season? Is he suddenly just going to get better? Is he suddenly going to be like the arguable top 10 quarterback that he was last year. I don't think so. Like, he's struggling right now to play through it. It's a tough injury to play through. Like, even though it's not his throwing shoulder, the mechanics that you have throwing the ball, like you, you're moving your left shoulder and being, having to play for that pain. It's tough. So like what changes between now and the end of the season is Baker going to play better. Maybe the defense plays better, but you know, they already have four losses and you could really only afford three more losses and they still have to play the Ravens again. They still have to play the Steelers again, right? No, or did they play both their games in Steelers? I'm forgetting their schedule. They did not. They did not. They did not. So they're playing tough teams, and they have to play the Bengals again. Like they're playing tough teams, not only in their division, but they have a few more tough, uh, tough games on their schedule as well. So like, I don't see how this is, ends up being a good team. I think we got to get off the off-season darling thing. I, I, I do love that quote. <laughs> I, I think I'm 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 willing to give them a couple more weeks to get their get their shit together. I mean, Jack Conklin should come back in a couple weeks. Jarvis Landry is going to get healthy. He's going to be 100%. I mean, him and Baker have a special connection. That'll help. I don't know what 
is going to happen with Odell Beckham Jr. It's not like I expect them to all of a sudden start working together. But at some point, you have to assume if he keeps getting open, they will start working together. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then they will get Kareem Hunt back. And Kareem Hunt, and I mean, it's not like Johnson has been a bad change of pace back from Nick Chubb. But Chubb and Kareem Hunt, probably the best one-two running back combo in the NFL. You know, maybe Zeke and Pollard are in the discussion as well. This isn't about the Cowboys. (laughs) No, it's not. Hey, good question. How often do you pretty much play teams back to back? I'm looking at the Browns because right now they they're at Baltimore. They go on their bye and then they play Baltimore and Cleveland the week after. Isn't that kind of weird? That that actually happens a decent amount. The Giants have done done that a few times in the past few years. I believe against like the Eagles. I don't get why they do that, but it, it happens more more often. Is it straight back to back, or is it like back and then bye and then back? No, like they play once, bye, and then they play them again. No, no team ever plays back to back. Yeah, I would imagine that is not something that happens. But uh, in terms of like the, like missing Odell, it's just it's just so weird because like it, for his like career with the Browns, like Baker's uncatchable pass percentage is thirty five percent to Odell comparatively to 20 percent everybody else like it doesn't make any sense i don't like i'm tired of like pretending like it's just going to get better like we we have enough of a sample size of them playing together to this point to where it's just like it's not going to work it's just it's not going to magically come especially after today where the trade deadline supposed to get traded what didn't get traded almost got traded could have would have should have whatever odell's dad was like Sending out videos. Well, of like, James said like yeah, three and, uh, Baker saying he's trying to trying to bring him down or trying to not let him do well or whatever yeah. that was. That chemistry is fucked. Like, and I'm like I'm yeah. saying it right now. The Cleveland Browns have the nine farthest scheduled the rest of the way. I'm putting my fork in them. They are like they're done. They're not they're not <laughs> going anywhere. Like if they make the playoffs, it will be a sneaky seventh seed, and that's it. I'm done with them. Wow. You don't think they're going to get better once they get like Kareem Hunt back, Jack Conklin, once Jarvis Landry gets fully healthy? I, and I, I do think the defense is talented enough to turn it around, although I would agree with you. I am more worried about the defense than I am Dumb. the offense just because the offense has been so plagued with injuries. They're done, though. They couldn't beat the fucking Steelers with the Steelers scoring 15. You don't Steelers deserve my faith. Steelers beat the Bills. Steelers, they're a gritty team, and that's a division matchup. I, I you know, it's four – I'm – I'm at the fork in the road. I'm done. I'm taking the road that everybody should travel and just give up on the Browns. It's not their season. Wow. Okay. That was uh that was quite an aside about the Browns. Um let let's move on. I think we should move to the NFC because we're talking a lot about the AFC outlook. Um the NFC, there's a few good teams. We have the Packers, we have the Bucks, the Dallas Cowboys. Great team. Like I was okay. Anyways, uh, we have you know we have the Packers, we have the Bucks, we have, uh, I guess the Cowboys, uh, and then you know, um, we have the Cardinals, the Rams. Anyways, um, the Saints were one of those teams that like weren't contending by any means, and really should be bad, but you know they've been playing pretty you know, above their head with Jameis. Um, Jameis went down last week and Trevor Simeon took over. They beat the Bucks, who a lot of people think are the NFC favorites, or if not, then the second favorite. Um, and now we find out Jameis is out the rest of the season. Um, so now they have Trevor Simeon or they have, you know, you know, they're waiting for Taysom to be healthy. Um, so what do you think that this, does um for this team like are they still in the same spot they were are they going to get significantly worse with Jameis um I think one of the the main questions is like what is the outlook of the Saints does it change and then like do we even know what the outlook was or what the plan was but like going into the season like what what are the Saints even trying to do here like you know we they just lost their Legendary quarterback. They brought in Jameis because he was legendary. a cheap backup. Oh, I thought, I thought you were calling Jameis legendary. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Drew Brees is who I was referring to. He's legendary in his own way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they just lost their legendary quarterback. No, but that honestly does fit for Jameis uh, for different reasons. Yeah. But um, 
so going into the season, like what, what was their plan? And like, so now maybe like, did their plan change between then and then before Jameis got hurt and now, like now, what is it? What, what's, what's up with the saints? And then like, also how do they fit in the picture of the NFC for the rest of the season? To me, it kind of feels like they've just been kind of like straggling along in terms of their offense, just waiting until Michael Thomas comes back. And we don't even know when he'll be back. But now it's just kind of like, you know, Trevor Simeon played pretty well, but nobody believes in Trevor Simeon. Do, do, do any of you guys actually believe Trevor Simeon's actually going to start? Like, well, I, like, Taysom, are you, I don't know if you're getting to it. Have you seen the um, someone potentially coming out of retirement to play for the Saints? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Philip Rivers might apparently, like, well, he said that he would listen if the Saints came calling, which I think would be extremely interesting. And, you know, not to talk about fantasy, but if you have Alvin Kamara and if Philip Rivers was to come out of retirement, you are fucking, like, for a lack of better words, you are just shivering in your fucking boots. You're just fucking giddy as fuck because you're going to get like 15 receptions a game from Alvin Kamara. Anyways, so one second, just not not to get off topic. He he spent like nine months with his like 500 kids and was just like, nope, can't do it. I'm 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 okay to come back. Yeah. Well, a couple Same months place. ago, he said he said he'd come out of retirement when his son's season is done. He's he's a coach of one of his kids' teams. He said when his season is done, I'd be happy to talk coming out of retirement. But until his season is over. He's locked in on coaching this team. So the NFL is a part-time gig for him. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, it's yeah. gonna, it might end up working out well. I, I would imagine that season is coming to a close round now, and the Saints are asking. Yeah, but uh, in terms of like the the Saints' actual outlook, I I think they go to Taysom just because he adds like a different element with his legs but you know with that said i don't see is why you wouldn't uh well he had a concussion uh he's probably going to be activated this week uh if not probably next week uh with that said like i don't i don't know i i just i don't see why they wouldn't just go out and like sign cam newton i i don't i don't get why they wouldn't it would be It'd be really cool to see him play on one of uh, the Panthers division rivals. It'd be really cool to see him like with Sean Payton, where he can actually come up with some sort of, like, he could do all the things that Taysom can do, but he could also actually throw the ball. You know, it's kind of unique you know, uh, to what Sean Payton wants. Sean Payton's perfectly content letting Taysom Hill throw fucking rainbow passes down uh, like 35 yards downfield. It's asinine. It's crazy to watch. But, yeah, I, I don't think this Tampa Bay win means, like, anything. I think this just kind of shows, like, for some reason, they have an, they have Tom Brady's number, in a way. Uh, obviously, they he beat them in the divisional round, uh, and he played well doing it. But, you know, for some reason, the regular season, they just they know how to defend them, I guess. Uh, other than that, I don't really have much of a takeaway. It's just kind of like this team is a weird team with all kinds of variants. Do you guys think they could have competed? I, I mean, I don't necessarily have faith in this, but do you guys think they could have competed if Jameis stayed healthy? Because he was playing decent. Define compete. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say the exact same thing. Define compete, like Super Bowl. Could they get to the NFC Championship game? Not a Super Bowl. Not without some super insane luck. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Um. If Mike Thomas came back and he was 100%, which I don't think is possible this year, maybe. And then it just turned on like Jameis God mode. Yeah. Then, like, like maybe. So, because they are five and two. And I mean, I know it, I don't take away that much from the Buccaneers win, but that is an impressive win, especially considering Trevor Simeon finished it out. Well, they also lost to the Giants and the Panthers. NFL is a very weird. It's a weird fucking game. It's a weird season. It is a weird season. So you guys all think Taysom Hill's going to – I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't call Cam Newton at that because I think you, you hit the nail on the head, Chris. I mean, Cam Newton can do everything that Taysom Hill can do except better. and He's not an absolute garbage fire of a quarterback. They could go after Trubisky. They can't. Trade deadline's gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. So it'd have to be a free agent. 
Hmm. Unless they go after Philip Rivers or... Or fucking Brett Favre. I would love to see that. (laughs) I don't think think I'd want to see that. I think he would die. He might. Um... Yeah, I I don't want him to die, but you know, I would I would love to see him play. <laughs> I think that would be fun to watch, you know, him like Well, also now that oh dude, can you imagine since now there's only like 9 weeks left, they re-sign Drew Brees out of retirement and he's good for the last 9 weeks of the season. <laughs> I he he already said that he wouldn't, but I I would be interested to see if like they like offered him some like real fucking money to see if they see if they can like have one last run i don't know like you know he played well last year not like great but you know played well that would be the definition of one last run i mean that's like anyway let's get to the thursday night game yeah yeah you got this right up yep it is the uh new york jets are visiting the indianapolis colts that's right mike white the legend the nfl's leader in passing yards for week eight uh they're visiting the Indianapolis colts colts are 10 and a half point favorites does that surprise you guys considering everything how it's still 10 and a half i think that the the general public just isn't buying mike white which I don't blame, but I guess this is kind of giving my pick away. But I'm going to Jets. Uh, the, the Colts play a very soft defense themselves in terms of like zone coverages. And if Mike White just going to take what the defense gives him, just like he did against the Bengals, and just plays within scheme, 11 points is a lot for any NFL team, especially for one like if Mike White plays that conservative and just moves the ball uh, patiently downfield. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 going Jets. Especially because ten and a half is that critical number, like that 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 ten threshold. Like once you cross that, you know, a lot of teams win by ten, but you know, win by eleven, it's a, it's a little less common. So, um, I think I'll probably take the Jets too. I, sh- it's just a, a pretty big spread. Mike White's proven that he can, you know, if not play well, at least like have some actual offensive output. So. You know, if he's throwing, if he's scoring three touchdowns against the Bengals in whatever kind of fashion he did it, um, that gives me faith that, like, you know, if they score 21 this week, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see this being like a, a, an 11 point blowout. So, yeah. Peace, mate. Gone. I'm actually going to take the Colts. Uh, I think they're due for a somewhat big game and, I don't think it's going to be too difficult to game plan for Mike White throwing beneath the sticks every single time for whatever their defense is. I don't think it's going to be tough for them. Just force Mike White to throw it into, you know, 10, 15 yards down the field. All of a sudden, I think we're going to see a very different Mike White. Um, and let's not forget, guys, it's still the Jets. So give me the goal. And, and you should never bet against the Jets. I'm also going to go the Jets. Is anybody is anyone going to watch this game? Because I... I think I might have to. I mean, I'll watch it just to see it. But I mean, if it's excruciatingly boring, I'm not going to have my eyes glued to it. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to watch a little bit. I was going to like I I just looked back just because I don't know why Connor, you said like don't bet against the Jets, and I was like somebody had to bet against the Jets last week, right? Ten and a half. No, nobody did. Yeah, can't do it. Oh, I'm doing it, Mike White. That's right. I started him in Dynasty, which was funny. <laughs> and uh, got me 28. So that was fun. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that's that's about it. We're all, uh, you know, Peace Minis lone wolfing with the Colts. Pretty no, Connor's taking the Colts. Oh, shit. That's right. You said you can never bet for the Jets. I thought you said you can never bet against the Jets. I said you can never bet against the Jets. I'm taking the Jets. Oh, you're taking the Jets? Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I thought I, I never bet against the Jets. Oh, fuck. I'm it's sorry. It's really meant to be a joke. I'm I glad think I clarified that. Or <laughs> Honestly, like, the, I heard you can never bet, and I just assumed, <laughs> oh, he's taking the Colts. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you did say earlier this year you could never bet. Uh, you can never bet for the uh, bet on the Jets. 
And then I called you out because you literally bet on the Jets the week prior. And then and then Mike White happened, Chris, and he changed all of our hearts and minds. I don't disagree. Mike White, the savior, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Thank you all for listening. Yes, sir. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, peace out.